0: Welcome to Mac GeekGab, folks. And today, our quick tip of the week comes from PC Unix in our Discord. He says, a small tip I wish I'd had. I wish I thought of years ago. I made a notes folder called Where Did I Put It? And he puts pictures in that folder of things that he has put in drawers. Like he has, you know, clips for the shades. And he takes a picture of the open drawer that they are in and then closes the drawer Puts that note there and he labels it with what the thing is in notes. And so now when he puts things in a safe place and years later he wants to find it, he can find it. More tips like this plus your questions answered today on Mac Geek Up 987 for Monday, June 19th, 2023. Uh-oh. And welcome to Mac Geek the show where you send in your tips like that, cool stuff found, your questions. We answer your questions. We share your tips, your cool stuff found. We share some tips of our own. Sometimes we even, often in fact, we even answer questions. We ask questions of our own, hopefully being answered by the community because that's what this show is all about. All of us helping each other. Sponsors for this episode include PIA slash MGG. That's where you go to get 82% off your VPN service plus four free months on a two year plan and collide with a K O L I D E dot com slash MGG zero trust security tailor made for Okta. We'll talk more about both of those in a minute here. For now, we need to get to this agenda so that we can each learn at least five new things and intending on learning at least five new things here in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton.
1: With my mic off mute in Paris. Bonjour, everybody. Say your Pilot name again, because
0: I had you it's, muted as well. So.
1: Oh, there you go. And yep. here, well, I unmuted myself, but they won't let me talk all the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so here I am, Pilot Pete. Greetings from Paris. No, Pirate yes. Pete. Oh, <laughs> Pirate, this is yeah. gonna stick. <laughs> I was trying to say. <laughs> I was trying to say Paris, Paris, and I just need to stop. Yeah. So, yeah, but yeah. I'm stoked. I don't know. It's I'm, getting I'm better. stoked. I love. I love it at this layover in Paris. Yeah, I'm in Singapore later this week, and then a few days in Liege, Belgium. Actually, Maastricht, Netherlands, nice. with my family. Nice. They're coming over to visit. Yeah,
0: that's cool. So
1: that's Europe cool. in the springtime. It's a good yeah. place to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it'll be summer
0: when they get here.
1: Dang, it's coming. Oh, 21st. right.
0: Yes, that's that's uh, just a few yeah. days away. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to some quick tips. I need to figure out. I, I built a new keyboard maestro macro to archive notes. Uh, you know, when, when a question is done because we're using the notes app and I never tested it up here in the studio. I thought it would sync up, but um, no, it did not. So I need to figure that out. But anyway, uh, let's continue with the quick, tip. quick tips, ma'am. Both of us today. Pirate. P. <laughs> Pirate. <laughs> P. I don't know who I am. Good.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So anyway,
0: Rob shares a, uh, a tip. He stumbled across. He says, uh, uh, I thought this was a fairly obvious, but I heard on another tech podcast asking if there was a way of keeping messages and photos of a message thread when switching phone numbers or emails for that contact. He says, because if you try to message a number or an email uh, from contacts, it starts a new thread. The old one's still there, but it can get lost or deleted over time. The solution is uh, from the iPhone and you can do this from the Mac. But on the iPhone, he says, Add or make sure the new phone number or email is added to the same contact. Second, leave the contacts app and go to messages and to the message thread you would like to change. And then third, tap the name at the top of the message and then tap the info tile. Now long press on a message bubble and select the new phone number or email you would like to use. Okay, so I'm going to say this again. Go into messages uh, to the thread that you want to change. And then you tap the person's name and then uh, tap the info tile, the little info thing, and then long press on the messaging bubble and select the new phone number or email you would like to use. He says, this keeps all the history and photos of a message for that contact to one thread. I've done this many times and it works to switch from phone to email or the other way around. It also works if the contact switches to Android with a different number, all previous photos and messages remain available. So this is interesting. Um, I've certainly experienced this before. Rob's not wrong, but it sometimes does this automatically. In fact, this week, Pete, you texted me from a number that I had never seen you text from. And I knew it. It told me it was you because it was like this person shared their contact information with you. You know, that little bubble on the top. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so this is Pete. And the message was it was clearly you. And so I was like, oh, all right. And so I just went in and to this new phone number that's there up in the top. I clicked on the number. I said, add to contacts. And then I chose existing contact instead of new contact. And I and this was on my Mac. I did this, by the way. Right. And I said, add it to the Pilot Pete contact. And then immediately it merged the two threads. So that it they would like messages will merge them. This was messages on Ventura on my Mac down Mm -hmm. in the studio for anybody, you know, if there's if there are nuances between say Monterey and Ventura or whatever. Uh, but but that did work. It just like you know, it all the messages were then together and merged and happy and all that good stuff.
1: I know what happened. Okay, that is my data sim that I used for Europe. So and it's so that's a Hong Kong number that you saw
0: so you have a data sim with a number which is not always the case
1: right which right. I didn't realize I had but let me tell you I then at some point so I wouldn't inadvertently get charged on my mint yeah. mobile yeah said we'll make that my default voice number and boy did things go to
0: oh you don't hoop do that there. no don't do that <laughs> because yeah. it wouldn't let
1: me text anybody it wouldn't let me receive texts and all that fortunately I had a whatsapp as a backup but it right. went crazy, and I, I finally got it all sorted out and sent it back to the way it was. But yeah. it made l- my life particularly difficult for a little while. And there was some other point I wanted to bring up there. So don't get it right. its bad for your memory.
0: Yeah, so, okay, so that's <laughs> good to know. Like, from my standpoint, I yeah. probably should remove that number from your account. Yeah, I'm account. not going
1: to be sending to that number any or from that number Yeah, anymore. and if it's I wind up sending
0: out. to it, you won't get yeah. it.
1: So, right. well, oh, right. and, oh, and well, well wait, wait, point. wait, you, oh, I might. You,
0: you might, because that number yeah. is now attached to your iCloud account in Apple's system. So if I send to it as an iMessage, you'll probably get it for a
1: while. Maybe. Oh, no, it's not. I pulled it. Oh, pulled you pulled it. From it. Apple. Okay. I did. Yeah, I did not want that in there. But that was the other point was it's the, all those scoundrels out there using Android devices. I couldn't send them <laughs> anything. Correct. Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. Because you didn't have SMS service on that number.
1: Right. right.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. All right. Cool. All right. Well, that mystery solved.
1: It's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So another self-inflicted stupidity wound.
0: <laughs> that happens. I mean, this is why we do what we do here. It's not so much stupidity. It. I mean, sure, we could call it that. And Sometimes. Yeah. But it's... Sometimes not so much. It's yeah. We're trying different things with tech. and And often... They don't work out exactly like they like in your case, right? The reason you switched to that number is because you didn't want your mint sim live when you were not on Wi-Fi and right. and therefore would start getting charged for inbound because Mint charges you five cents for every inbound and outbound right. SMS. So okay, fine. Like I get and and the the it served its intended purpose, right? Like you you did yes. this. However, it had a ripple effect and, you know, we, we can't always, this is really, truly this epitomizes perhaps my favorite thing about what we do here on this show is we teach each other about these ripple effects, right? Like, and, and it's handy to know, like in the back of your head, like, wait, 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 if I do that, I heard about this or, or Pete shared or, you know, somebody shared right, and and so it's like, oh, maybe I don't want to do it. And so the next time that you're in that scenario, the right thing to do is to turn that SIM off, the Mint SIM off during the day. Right. That's right. the key to that is just turn it off. Or if you don't have any roaming credit on your Mint SIM, then you're fine because it won't let those texts in anyway. Oh, you know, that's a very good point. Can't charge yeah. you. Yeah. But but yeah. You, can't, you can't just like, decide, you can't tell Mint, don't yeah. like... Pretend I don't have any Roman credit if you do. So right. turning it off go in is the and,
1: key. And you can turn it, even if I leave Mint on, I think you can go in and put cellular data on that other line and say don't allow automatic switching.
0: Correct, but that won't change SMS or phone calls because that's Correct. not cellular yeah. data. So if you want to avoid this, the SMSs, you just turn the SIM off until you get back to Wi-Fi because Mint, like most carriers, but it's worth checking with your carrier, Mint, when you're when you're not in the U.S., if you are on Wi-Fi and have Wi-Fi calling enabled, you will get your SMSs and phone calls over Wi-Fi, and you get that comes in for no charge, no additional charge. Like there's no right. roaming charge for that. So yeah, all right, that was good. Like this, this is what yeah. we do. What we do. All right. Uh, I mean, it's a seven minute quick tip, but you know, whatever. Yeah, we're in. Uh, <laughs> it, it was a, it was a good one, Neil shares he says uh, a quick tip which might be known to everyone but i just discovered no neil i learned this from you this week on ventura and i think this happens in other operating systems when i open a print dialogue the button that says pdf which allows you to open a drop down menu to save the print job as a pdf or save postscript or to mail or web receipts or whatever else you put in there uh he says seems to have a feature i never noticed before if you click on, instead of clicking the drop down, if you simply click the word PDF in the in that dropdown menu, treat it like a button instead of a menu, it will jump automatically to the save as PDF dialog, saving a step. Not the biggest quick tip in the world, he says, but he says, since I print to PDF a lot, helpful. I, I agree with you, Neil. I, I think that's a, a great tip
1: to use. That is. And then I've got one to add to that All right. for those that are not um, so that one, you need to use your mouse and click on it. The GUI, you have to use the GUI. Fair. I'm a huge keyboard shortcut guy. Yep. Makes my life go much faster. So I use this one and I set it up. It's slightly different in Ventura than in Monterey and previous editions, but all credit to, uh, Sparky, um, uh, Max, Max Sparky, yep. David Sparks for this quick tip. I use command PP. So I hold down the command key and I hit PP and it brings up my save as PDF dialogue. The quick way to set it up is system settings, keyboard, keyboard shortcuts, app shortcuts, all applications. And in the menu title window, you have to type save as PDF. And you have to do that exactly as it appears in that menu menu. Item, or it won't work. So it's capital S save as capital PD, capital D, capital F, and then the ellipsis. And the way to get the ellipsis is the option key and the semicolon. Because if you just type three periods, it doesn't. Sometimes it's smart enough, sometimes it's not.
0: Option semicolon. I learned a thing.
1: Okay. There you go. That's how you get your ellipsis. Uh, And then when you save out of that, all you have to do is hit command PP, and it brings you immediately to the save as PDF dialog. Without having to move your mouse around the
0: board. The reason... What Pete's describing is is the... Like, like he said, in either system settings or preferences, uh, in keyboard shortcuts, app shortcuts, you can create your own keyboard shortcuts for any item that appears in any menu. And so, when you are in an app, Command-P brings you to the print dialog, as I think most of us probably know. What Pete is doing is adding a menu shortcut for this new menu that appears in the print dialogue and assigning that also to command P so that he doesn't have to do anything different. He just says command P the first time he does command P it brings up the print dialogue. The second time he does command P while the print dialogue is up, it chooses save as PDF. And you could do this with anything. Like I have, I have that same shortcut set to our PDF, uh, we have a, a an Apple script that that we wrote that puts uh, that PDF into Notes as a, a PDF, and then that's what we share here. And by the way, my other script is working now. I got it. I got it working, so I can yeah. archive notes. Yeah, it's great.
1: Uh, yeah, I just so you had, could get it to save as PostScript. Correct. Like you can choose, that, choose whatever by you want, w- whichever and, menu selection. Correct.
0: And I added a second one there to to mail a PDF, so I can do Command P, Command M. And it now mails that PDF because whatever's in that menu, you can do. And again, this isn't limited to the PDF dialog or the print dialog. Rather, anything in any menu that you use a lot that doesn't have a menu shortcut, you can add one in system preferences or settings, keyboard shortcuts, app shortcuts. So that's the 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 key um, there. So, yeah, hopefully that's helpful. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, Larry. These are these are the weirdest, like, the 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 least quick quick tips we've ever had. But it's fine. Sorry, (laughs) it's not your fault. I'm the one that built today's agenda. I'm
1: helping. I'm (laughs) helping stretch this out. (laughs)
0: Well, fair. That's what we do. Uh, Larry shared. uh, He was having trouble sending pictures to android people via messages meaning his mms was not working right the multimedia whatever it is i don't know i forget what mms stands for somebody will tell me but uh you know he could send sms's to them but anytime he sent a picture it would uh uh it would you know he get the little red you know dot that said it, it couldn't send fine he did all the things he went in and made sure that SMS and MMS were turned on in settings, messages on his phone, like all of this stuff still wasn't working. He said he finally was able to get it to work this morning. He says, I first called up Apple and they asked me to check my Wi-Fi settings. I have two Wi-Fi networks at my home, blah, blah, blah. uh, And they that didn't work. He says, then I called. I got sick of dealing with Apple tech support and I went to the Verizon store. Immediately, the guy seemed to know what the issue was and that I needed a and here's the term. I can't Google and find this term, folks, by the way. But he said the guy told him I needed a network sync. He said that it solves a lot of problems with iPhone to Android issues. So it's something to keep in mind. He said, just call up Verizon tech support and ask for a network sync. There's probably another term that will show up on the Googles that this is actually. But for now, calling Verizon tech, if you're having these problems, calling Verizon tech support and asking for network sync might not be a bad thing to do once a year. Sort of as a matter of course, <laughs> if you're a so Verizon you customer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it, it. I've never heard of this before.
1: But, and I bet the different carriers call it different things because it would be too easy to call it the same.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I, I know that there is a way, like, when I was with AT&T, they would occasionally tell me I needed to download the new version of of their profile. And they said the way to do it was to go into settings, general, uh, sorry, settings, yeah, general, about, and scroll down to the part where you see the details about your SIM or your e-SIM. And by going down there, it would like refresh something. And when ATT would text me and tell me to do this, I would go do it. And then on that screen, once I got down that far, I would get like a little dialogue that popped up that said uh, restart to apply the new, you know, settings or whatever. And I was like, uh, OK, like it was it was completely. Like there was nothing to do other than sort of scroll through this, the, the, the about screen, but that works. So maybe that's the same thing. I don't know. Um, but like it, that's also something that's just worth knowing that works with some carriers. It definitely was a thing with AT&T. So if you know stuff like this, weird things that are like, don't seem to make any sense, but actually do have results, uh, feedback at MacGeekab.com. We'd love to hear from you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where? Feedback at MacGeekCab.com. That's what we said. Feedback at com, and unless you're a premium subscriber, in which case you get to use oh. premium at com, And you can learn more about that at com slash premium. Um, I was on a Zoom call with uh with one of the folks that, that works for me, I was actually doing some. Uh, I put I put out a TikTok video with a, a quick tip this week. I think I'm going to start doing more of those because it's a great way to sort of show uh, things. Uh, and and I I'm not a TikTok expert, so but I, thankfully I have people who work for me who are. And so uh, both Sadie and Skylar, my daughter, showed me all kinds of things uh, to make my video that I had created into something that uh, appeared at home on TikTok, which is great. But it was like I want to share my screen with you. And so the first time I was on a call, I was like, ah, I know how to share the iPhone screen. Uh, And I did the whole dance where you launch QuickTime player, you create a new movie, you uh, make the – you connect your iPhone first via – sorry, I I did this out of order. You connect your iPhone via uh, USB, you know, lightning, whatever. And then launch QuickTime player, create a new movie and choose your iPhone screen as the camera from the little drop down thing that that's just how this works. And uh, and it, it was great. Like it worked and I could. And then I shared that screen in Zoom. It was like, yep, there it is. I could do everything I needed to do. It was awesome. And then later in the day, I went to do the same thing. And I saw right there in Zoom screen share that you could share your iPhone screen either using a USB cable like I was doing with the extra step of QuickTime player or airplay so i learned a thing and now you get to do it too because it's right there zoom screen sharing window is it's just cluttered with everything it could possibly share yeah there it is the sound uh it's cluttered with everything and so i i give myself a half of a pass for for not just knowing it was there but that's the beauty of this stuff is sometimes just knowing <laughs> it's there is the key <laughs> yeah so yep
1: Hey, Dave, can I, uh, as long as we're on quick tips, can I throw one in? It's not on the agenda, and I yeah, promise man. less than Go. 30 seconds. Yeah, I told man. you before, pre-show. There's no way it's I terrified myself. Last week, we shared and Cool Stuff found, keyboard clean tool. I like to clean my screen with a dark screen. So I used keyboard clean tool, locked out my keypad, went on my trackpad, turned the, went into displays, turned the brightness all the way down, and cleaned my laptop, and then went, uh-oh. <laughs> Yeah cuz you I have couldn't no idea where the mouse is and how to turn the brightness back up. You couldn't The quick tip is no.
0: Go ahead. Oh yeah. How would Well wait. Let so, me let me So
1: the, your trackpad works. Yes. It doesn't lock out your trackpad. It locks out your keyboard.
0: Okay. So, oh. So
1: I went into system settings and I went to displays and I turned the brightness all the way down so I had a nice black screen and I could clean the keyboard and the screen with my alcohol wipes that are special yeah. for glass and all that. And then I had no way to turn my brightness back up because I didn't know where my mouse was.
0: Yeah. So, (laughs) and you
1: can't use your keys because they're locked. Because they're turned off. Yeah. Yeah. So, the quick tip is press and hold your power button for about 15 seconds. The machine will power down. And when it powers back up, keyboard clean tool is. Disabled and you can use your keys again. To so, brighten your self inflicted stupidity wound. Send a shot of terror, because I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to be able to record Mac Geek Gab later today because my computer's <laughs> going to be locked and the battery won't die for about a week on these MacBook Air yeah. M twos. Especially with the screen off. I <laughs> was just trying to off. think
0: like what would you normally do, but your laptop has brightness keys on it, right? Like if you didn't yeah. have brightness keys, then Bright then it would right. be a then problem. Like
1: if it had the touchpad, I think maybe you could, the touchpad may work to bring your brightness back up. But yeah, but the, but the brightness keys were just as disabled as every other key.
0: So yeah, a couple of, I have some thoughts about this. Um, the okay. Kiwi Graham in the, in dot com slash discord while we're recording this shares, could you have used Siri to do it? If you had Siri uh, enabled uh, on your laptop. So, Probably right. That's that's
1: one uh, way. Yeah, I don't know if I have her listening or not. I think right. I have it. Double pump the control button, so that wouldn't work. That but wouldn't work if she'd have been listening.
0: Maybe I don't like. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe yeah. that would be one thing. The other thing. Well, I mean, it, it, these are just ideas that are coming to mind. Uh, would be if you had uh, VNC like remote screen sharing turned on on your Mac, and you ran like screens on your iPhone. You could yeah. see your screen cause your screen's not off. It's just, right. it's just not bright. Um, so there's that you could also, I'm trying to think like, yeah, I guess that's it. Really. Yeah. We, we need, uh, the folks at fully Vora who make keyboard clean tool or screen tool or whatever it's called. Uh, and also make, uh, touch bar, the, the, the touch bar tools,
1: a yeah, to, better touch, tool, better tool. Yeah. That's
0: it. Uh, what we need is for them to put this functionality in that app, where it's like it set my screen to dim my screen for ninety seconds and then bring it back up to full
1: brightness. Oh, there you go. Right? Are you listening, guys? That'd be awesome. Right? That would be that would <laughs> so, be the way. So, that'd be one way to do it, or to say, you know, if you screw this up, just hold yes, the power button.
0: <laughs> just hold the power button. Yeah. But I feel like that wouldn't be a, a, a difficult thing for them to add to the app. Um, right. You could write an Apple script that brings the or chat GPT could help you. Well, I was going to say with Apple the help script. of
1: Mac GPT, yeah, I could But yeah, you could,
0: you could you could you like an Apple script could bring the brightness back up. Um, keyboard Maestro can bring the yeah. brightness back up. So you could set you could create a macro in keyboard Maestro or an Apple script that yeah. says wait 90 seconds and then bring the brightness to full. And,
1: Take it down. Wait ninety. Bring it up.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let it do the whole shooting match for you. Yeah. So yeah. like, the, yeah, but but the, again, all of these require advanced planning. Uh, yes. In yes. Which I had none. Which right, no you which didn't I had do none. Right. Ripple effects are the
1: uh, yeah ripple effects of you know, the theme uh, here. Oh, and, and Tennessee Papa says you can shine a flashlight on the screen and see the cursor. Oh no, you yes.
0: can't. Oh, is, I was thinking that because I
1: tried. Okay. I tried. At least well, yeah, my I iPhone thought, flashlight wasn't bright enough I thought, I thought that it thought was about, there
0: yeah I thought yeah, it was there it was just not it was backlit. more
1: reflective than anything else that makes sense and yeah so, you might yeah.
0: you might be better off not shining a light on the screen but turning the ambient light down and seeing No, I was
1: in a, I was in a dark room it was I tried hour. okay well it, fortunately, I only tried for about three minutes before I went, well you know what I'm just going to hold the power button and see what happens.
0: Speaking of three yeah, minutes, this, minute. this, um, 30 Dude, this second, 30 second, tip. <laughs> 30 second quick tip has taken five now, uh, five <laughs> minutes. Yeah, Um, it's what we do, it's what we do. So Rod sent in a quick tip. Uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about different ways of cleaning up audio and the whole voice isolation thing that you do on the Mac and, and the, you know, all of that stuff. And Rod says that while you're on a call on your iPhone, you can go into control center and select mic mode and then switch from standard to voice isolation to mute and suppress background noise picked up by your iPhone's mic during a call. And there is an article about this and we'll link to that from the show notes, a, a keyboard uh, 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 a knowledge base article about it and how to do it. But it it the trick is it only shows up during the call. You can't turn it on when you're not in a call and i think he did it with his uh airpods so it, it like it works with a variety of microphones oh, i, I yeah. believe but i am i i believe that whatever you set it to sticks and persists and you know through that was my question the next Good, call. that'd be awesome yeah. okay yeah yeah
1: because i use those vacuum pack bags to Get everything into a tiny suitcase. Yeah. And yeah. When, I, when I'm doing that on a phone call with my AirPods in, everyone's like, what are you doing? Oh. You know, you're, you're crunching rocks with your teeth. Or Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, keep, yeah, yeah. So hopefully that would be something to look at.
0: Cool. I know those vacuum pack bags are, are helpful for travel.
1: Pete. They are. Um, and I'll see if I can get you. I saw you put it in the show notes. Yeah, I'll we'll put a link. I, find it. I, get them on, I get them at Walmart. I get them at Amazon. Sure that sort of thing. And they're really nice. Essentially, I put my clothes in the vacuum pack bag, seal it up. And there's two different kinds. Some have the valve on them. Some you just roll it until you squeeze all the air out. Yeah. But it makes it so much smaller. It'll take what's normally five or six inches and it takes it right down to a heavy vacuum pack.
0: Yeah. So the only, the only drawback to these would be, this is great. If you are packing into a carry on, if you're packing into a checked bag, this is an easy way to to ensure you go over your weight, weight limit, right? Yeah, but but for packing into yeah. a carry on and perhaps avoiding yeah. the need for a checked bag, this is yeah. a great idea. Yeah, yeah, and because of what you do, you yeah. you basically have to avoid checking a bag. So
1: yeah, yeah. I'm on a two week trip in a 24 inch bag carry on. Amazing, bag, so. man. Yeah,
0: so that's that's. I feel like I like we need we need an episode of so there I was where you and Fig share all your packing tips. Oh, there you go. Seriously. That would be
1: something to, something to think
0: about the things that are obvious to, it's just like what we do here. Like, you know, these quick tips, every one of them is obvious to some segment of this audience. It might, might be, you know, you or me, we might've already known about it. It's the things that if you already know, it's obvious, but if you don't know, it's voodoo. And when you shared this, it was like, when I saw you doing this in Vegas, it was like, Oh, I see the value of this now. Okay. yeah. 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 So, yeah.
1: Uh, but i also i also do it alone because when i have to use that vacuum pack with the valve and yeah. i have to suck the air out with my mouth i, yeah. I don't do that in public we don't. you're
0: not going to do a youtube video showing us how it works pete no. okay Sarab so shared in discord i finally figured out something in the mac os mail app that i've been stumped by for a while in most mac native apps like the finder you can use Option and the Up key or the Down key to navigate to the topmost or bottommost item in a list. However, which is which is its own quick tip because I had forgot if I knew that I forgot it. So now I know how to get to the top and the bottom of a list and Finder. So that's Option up and down. So thank you for that, Sarab. He says, but that's never worked in Mail. Instead, I figured out that you need to do command and option and then up or down to go to the top or the bottom of a mail list. And uh, he says, I don't know why mail app diverges from the standard keyboard shortcuts here, but it does. So thank you for both of those tips, Rob. Uh, so my apologies. And uh, we just had Rob and Rod and man. Yeah,
1: uh, ours, it's the R And
0: you have you so, have something to add to Sorab's tip. A, yeah? quick,
1: a quick action to that as well is to take your, hold your option key down. If you have a email with a string, in other words, several emails back and forth, if you hold down the option key and tap the up or down arrow, then you quickly move to each separate email.
0: That's why you need command option. You answered Sarab's question. Yes. Because he was like, I don't know why mail is different. Mail's different because you're using it to navigate within a thread uh, right. With the option key. And if you want to navigate outside of threads, even if you're not in a thread, you have to add command to it. Ah, uh, Okay. So
1: I like it. I stumbled across that trying to figure out what he was telling me. Yes. And, oh, ah. I forgot the command. Oh, so this isn't something
0: you knew. You just you no, just found no, it.
1: I was it. trying to ah, look. Nice. I was looking at the email going, how does this work? And I didn't hit command. I just had option. And I'm Got going, oh, it. it's just going through the different emails. In yeah, yeah, thread. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. All right. And that's only if you're using the threaded view, uh, which I believe is the default in mail these days. Listen, uh, I, I, I'm having an existential crisis here. Uh, I don't have a lot to share about it other than we, we, I think we referenced it in last week's episode that Mac OS Sonoma, at least the first beta, uh, the mail app in that does not load extensions. So mail extensions are likely dead. For Sonoma, that means that my beloved small cubed mail suite is dead come Sonoma time. So they have, uh, I believe they call it Mail Maven. They have been working on a a mail app that includes all of the functionality that their plugins add. I'm sure I've said on this show that I never want to use anything other than a first party mail app, because if I get you know, entrenched in an app that's written by one developer or two developers or whatever, then when it goes away and it goes away as they often do, or, or the, like when, when small developers or, you know, single develop small teams or single developers write a mail app, they write it for themselves. And, and I'm not, this is not like I've learned, I've said, and I believe I'm correct that I know more, about how steve dorner's brain works than most other humans and i've never met steve dorner but steve dorner wrote eudora the male client that i used early on when it was the only male client to use but it was it was i had to learn how steve dorner used a male client and then i got to use the same male client right and then when i switched to mailsmith which was uh written by rich siegel and i believe he still maintains it uh I got to learn more about how Rich Siegel's brain worked than I ever. And I also I do know Rich in person. But like you get a very um, and I'll use the word myopic, but it's, it's not in a negative way. You know, you get a singular vision on how a mail app could work. And then that person brings that vision to life. I So it like I've loved the fact that mail is extensible and I can have this sort of generic mail client. That is guaranteed to work at the, the day of release of any Mac OS update because it's written by Apple. And then what's sometimes not available on day of release are the plugins that I would add to mail to add the little functionality that I want. But I'm so reliant on some of these plugins like Signature Profiler to pick signatures per email addresses, not just per email accounts. And the, uh, the like the, the outbox rules. Which is amazing. Like when we when I reply from feedback at MacGeekab.com, it looks at the message in the outbox and decides whether it needs to add the CC back to feedback at MacGeekab.com so Pete can see it, you know, and like all of these things that are just that way autom- I don't reply.
1: Yeah. You just, that, yeah. You it, see, it makes it smart. You see groups.
0: right. Yeah. It's it's like <clears throat> super and it's super flexible and I'm very reliant on it. So like Mail Maven might, in fact, be the right app for me. But I don't know. And I'm going to I'm going to spend some time this summer messing around with, you know, the different mail apps. There's Spark and there's a lot of others. So uh, stay tuned on that. If you have a favorite third party mail app, share feedback at MackeyCubb.com. We'd like to know. Meanwhile, we got a lot, two more quick tips to round out the first, you know, 45 minutes of the show. Uh, Pensacola. Pensacola yes, yeah, it's, it's, we're just cooking along. Uh, Pensacola, Craig. Says, uh, if you liked the macOS OG style system report breakdown of your Mac, it is still available in Ventura and Sonoma. The way you get to this, there's several ways to get to this, but uh, the way you get to this is click the Apple menu with the option key held down and system information will appear right there. This is one we've shared many times before, but it's always worth a reshare. So if you want that detailed system information report, Hold down option, click on the Apple menu and choose system information. And you can even watch while you have the Apple menu down, you can even watch about this Mac change to system information when you press and depress the option key. And then one last quick tip, which is really a correction from something we mentioned last week. I'm going to let Louis, uh, Louis, I'm sorry, share this.
1: Hey, guys, uh, this
0: is Louis Block, uh, Block BlockTech. I sent the tip in this week's show, uh, 986, uh, about the iFrameX uh, Kickstarter project. And just a quick correction, you mentioned how expensive it was. And actually, that number is in... Hong Kong dollars. So at three seventy nine Hong Kong dollars, that's actually closer to forty eight dollars uh in US dollars. So um hope you know, that helps make a decision. For me that was
1: uh you know, a low enough number to, to take a chance on. Anyway, hope that helps. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Lewis. Thank you yeah, so I much. I got
1: caught by that. Did I you got caught by that once, yeah, yeah. I was buying some software from a guy in, in at the store in Hong Kong. Sure. And so I was, I think it was PDF pen is what I was buying. And it was, I don't know, 80 or $90, something like that. And I gave him the money and he gave me most of it back. <laughs> oh no, Hong Kong dollars. It was like $7. I went, oh, okay. This is probably not PDF pen authorized.
0: <laughs> All right, look. You know, because you listen to the show, that your ISP knows literally everything you do online. They can. It's true. You might as well be handing your laptop to a stranger and opening up your browsing history and just walking away while they sniff around. That's why it's a great idea to have a VPN when you go online. And I get to tell you about our sponsor today, which is one of the best VPNs out there. It's the one I chose. It's the one I paid for before they became a sponsor. And that's PIA. PIA stands for Private Internet Access, and they take privacy seriously. Not only does PIA hide my IP address, it encrypts my entire connection. And of course, it'll do the same for you. And they're super transparent at PIA. They never record or store user data, and their no-logs policy has even been verified in court. It's available for all platforms across all your devices, and you get endless entertainment options, too. Not only does PIA work with all the major streaming services, but it's one of the few VPNs that supports P2P file sharing, so you can download just about anything. And you can get it, too, right now. Go to PIAVPN.com slash MGG to get a whopping 83% off your VPN service. Plus four free months with a two-year plan. It comes out to around two bucks a month. You can't beat that. And there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's PIAVPN.com slash MGG for 83% off private internet access. PIAVPN.com slash MGG. And our thanks to PIA for sponsoring this episode. Next up is our sponsor, Collide, and they've got some big news. If you're an Okta user, they can get your entire fleet to 100% compliance. I know. How do they do this? Well, if a device isn't compliant, the user can't log into your cloud apps until they fix the problem. It's that simple. Collide patches one of the major holes in zero-trust architecture, device compliance. Without Collide, IT struggles to solve basic problems like keeping everyone's OS and browser up to date. Then, unsecured devices are logging into your company's apps because there's nothing there to stop them. Collide is the only device trust solution that enforces compliance as part of authentication, and it's built to work seamlessly with Okta, the moment Collide's agent detects a problem, it alerts the user and gives them instructions to fix it. It's trying to help here, right? It's fantastic. There's education involved in this. Everybody's on board. And then if they don't fix the problem within a set time, they're blocked. Collide's method means fewer support tickets, less frustration, and most importantly, 100% fleet compliance. Visit collide.com slash mgg to learn more or book a demo that's k o l i d e dot com slash mgg and our thanks to collide for sponsoring this episode all right pete we spent uh every quick tip we did it took about you know 14 minutes each so let's uh let's save some time and and answer some questions shall we
1: we can do that we can do that so uh the first question <clears throat> excuse me this week came in from paul he says, when I, the problem, when I create a calendar event, I typically go to month view and then select date and then go into create. But I use the list view instead of the hour view for daily views. I also tend to scroll when I select the date, so I have it one to two inches from the top of my phone. So if I scroll at all, a different date is at the top of the screen. For example, this means that I add an event on Sunday instead of Tuesday. Do you have any suggestions on how to add items to an iPhone in calendar app to be less likely to give you the wrong date when creating new events like doctor's appointments. And I wrote back, my favorite method is to say, hey, yes, lady, create an event on Pete's calendar. Be sure to tell it which calendar, because I have several. On Friday, June 16th at 10 a.m. to go to com slash Discord and listen to the MacGeekGab with, there with all the other Mac Geek Gab listeners. And she usually does a pretty good job of creating that event, rarely misses never misses on the date, but then occasionally you have to go in and edit it from there. But you're gonna get very close by using the S yes Lady. Um she does a nice job of creating calendar events. Start at 10, end at eleven. Yeah. Invite others. She'll do all that for you.
0: Huh. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's I yeah. That's so. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um yeah, yeah. I have I have experienced the same thing that Paul describes and i use and it happens not just in apple's calendar app it happens in busycal which is the one i also use on on iphone and mm-hmm. i've just learned to make sure that i go to either the week view not the not the scrolling view but the the sort of horizontal view that's either week view or month view and tap on the day and then that sort of selects the day even though there's multiple days on the screen and it that that works better for me when i'm scheduling events cuz i know that it's going to put it on the right day um so right yeah. 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 Interesting. Um I I'm I'm I mentioned questions
1: answered quicker than the quick tips. Yeah,
0: no, this is great. Um <laughs> Yeah, all right, we'll we'll save the mail thing. There there's some mail conversation happening in the in the chat. I I well I'm yeah. I i i I've acknowledged it. Porthos John says I, I was talking about of course my my Apple script that I wrote this week for notes to archive archive things. And Porthos Porthos John says, yeah, I do the same thing in mail. Um, He uses spark email and he says, I hit shift command enter to send an email. And when I do that, it sends the reply and archives the original, which is kind of nice. And then I, I wasn't sure what email client he was talking about. I'm like, Oh, is, are you doing that with Apple script? And he says, no, but I could either Apple script or, uh shortcuts can interface with mail and i thought huh i've never used shortcuts for it in mail uh i've never never used shortcuts for mail i've used apple script in mail but it's been a long time but it makes me wonder if maybe my world is better like writing a series of apple scripts to use in mail instead of moving to a third party email client i don't know like i i'm i'm this is like i said existential crisis in yeah, the meantime Oh, sorry, Pete, go ahead.
1: No, so, yeah, this this is this is bad. This is not a good it's thing. It's just going
0: to change things. It's, you know, but I need to find a path. To, like, I am so reliant on being efficient with email that I need to find a way to continue to be able to be efficient with email. That's really like the the meta problem right, to solve here.
1: Right, I, well, just for what it's worth, I use Canary on one of my accounts. And that's, I think that's in app. I think that's where I got it.
0: Canary mail. Canary. All right. Well, well yeah. we got it. We got it. We'll start it. I'll start a thread on uh in our Mac GitHub Discord about mail apps. Literally it and, needs it. Yeah, we need it. Yeah, we need it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh Steve has a uh has our next uh question for us about network drives. He asked, Do you have a recommendation as to the best way to auto mount my network drives every time I log in or turn on my Mac? I see that there are a bunch of apps in the app store, but I'm wondering if there's another way to accomplish this, either through a terminal command or system settings. So the answer is yes. And you might not want to, uh, you certainly can run a terminal command, uh, to mount a disc. And, uh, it, it would be like, I think disc util is probably the right one to go after on that. But, uh, you're going to want to automate that somehow so that it happens when you, uh, Log in and also when your Mac wakes from sleep, because sometimes these network drives go away when being woken from sleep. The way to do it when you log in is to mount the network drive and then put an alias of it essentially just by dragging it into the login items. And then that will most of the time, especially if you've saved your password for it, most of the time that will do it and just log you in and you're you know good to go. But if it will only do it at login, it won't do it when you like if your Mac wakes up from sleep and has lost the network drive during sleep, which seems to happen more often than not, at least for, for me, for this user. And so I had to come up with another way of doing that. Uh, I wrote, I believe it was an Apple script. It might be an automator action. I can't remember. I think it's an automator action to mount the uh, network drive that I need and it. Uh I use keyboard maestro to trigger that action, both at login and also whenever it notices that that particular drive is not mounted. And so if it sees that the drive's not mounted, it will try. And I, I have some other triggers on there, uh, especially for my laptop where it says, hey, if you're not on your local network at home, don't try this kind of thing, because otherwise it would alert me like I tried to do this and it won't mount the drive. And it's like, yeah, I don't really want to mount it. All the time when I'm, you know, on some foreign Wi-Fi network that's slow or whatever, but um, th- those are the ways of of scripting it, uh, uh, sort of on your own. Although I realize one of them uses Keyboard Maestro, the other one is to use an app like AutoMounter from Pixel Eyes, and uh, that's P I X E L E Y E S dot co dot nz. But of course, the link is in the show notes, and that is what every time we have mentioned this on the show. In the past, that's the advice that we've gotten is why are you like reinventing the wheel, just use auto mounter, it does it great. So uh someday I might even take that advice. But you know, my system it ain't broke and it it means I need one less app because I already have keyboard maestro, so I just do it that way. Um but yeah, that's the that's kind of the the key there, if you will. So yeah. Uh all right. Um, speaking of having your password in the keychain, Jim had a tip for us about the keychain, the iCloud keychain. And he said, uh, I've recently become aware of the fact that when I authorize keychain to automatically fill in a password or credit card data on my Mac, that authorization stink stays, it lingers for a long time, seemingly until I reboot next. Even a couple hours later, I'm not required to reauthorize keychain access to fill in data on a website or in an app. The more I thought about it, the more I realized that this could pose a security risk, even though it's probably minimal. Not being overly familiar with keychain controls and settings, I did a web search of how to set the time. And I found an Apple support article that helped out. In the keychain access app on your Mac, click login in the keychains list. Choose from the edit menu, change settings for the keychain login, and then change the or click the lock after checkbox and enter a number of minutes. If you want to require a password each time the computer goes to sleep, select the lock when sleeping checkbox and then hit save. Says I've only been using this for a day before sending you the guys this email, but it seems worthwhile as a security measure. He's like, I've got it set for fifteen minutes and uh it seems to work out okay. So yeah, I uh I actually like that. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, cool. I never considered that before. Yeah. Same. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. So yeah. Thanks for that, Jim. That's a good one. You wanna take us to Gary Pete?
1: I can do that. Uh, so Gary wrote in, he was having a special time with his computer. He says, I don't know if this has been an issue with Ventura or one of the latest fixes. Still, I noticed that from time to time, I will be in the middle of typing an iMessage on my Mac. Then all of a sudden, the program will close. And when I open it, I am asked to sign into my Apple ID account. When I provide my credentials, I get the spinning pinwheel screen, which never goes any further. I've tried quitting the program and starting it back up and that doesn't fix it. The only way to get it back is to restart my whole Mac. It seems to occur every week. I notice the I notice behavior. I notice other behaviors before it, as my keys advancing and pausing in music in Apple Music, and on my keyboard, and my keyboard will also stop working. I hope Apple fixes this in the Mac new Mac OS version. I announced at WWDC. I wish Microsoft had their phone app in the Mac Store. Mac App Store. huh? New, new eyes today, I guess, Dave, trying to read. Sorry. <laughs> I wish Microsoft had their phone app in the Mac App Store or a version I could download to stop me from going on the dark side. Stop me from going on the dark side. Gary, P.S. I checked the progress of the program after I got done typing this email, and it still hasn't moved. Mm. Um, and I wrote him, look, they, this stuff is always frustrating, and I sent him a bunch of basic troubleshooting uh, options. Uh, basic solutions for fixing messages crashes on the apps, which I, I googled. Do some Google foo there. When you're done with the primary solutions, restart your Mac. I said uh, it depends. Uh, if you've got a Intel Mac, reset the uh, PRAM or the NV RAM. Um, The SMC, that sort of thing. That's all on the chip now, on the M1 chip and the M2 chip, so you don't do that with the newer ones. Sure. Uh, So some other quick troubleshooting. Force quit, all apps running on the Mac. Go to the Apple logo, force quit. Select all the apps, Command-A, and then force quit. Uh, Check the correct date and time. Go to the Apple logo, system settings, general date and time, and set the date and time automatically to set time zone automatically using your current location toggle. I, some of this is, Wait, why would not make why sense would that, to me. Wh- what's the... I, I don't know. This was okay. my Google Foo stuff that I said. So I'm, I'm okay. starting to read too deep into it. Okay. Yeah. And, for, uh, and then try booting it. The other one that was good, though, was try booting in the safe mode. Sometimes yes. this fixes a lot of things. For the M1 Mac, shut it down, turn it on after 20 seconds, press and hold the power button. Uh, until you see the startup volumes option on the screen, and th- and that's how you get it in- into the safe mode. Select the startup disk you want, and from the keyboard, continue in safe mode. Yeah, yeah. yeah so the, the the main thing here is uh, also, th- I sent a lot more than I probably needed to, and and this is not a criticism, Gary, but it's it's if you tell us up front, hey, I've got an Intel Mac or I've got an M1 Mac, then I can go down one one rabbit hole at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. So, um, but yeah, so, uh, hopefully some of these tr- troubleshooting, uh, things got him there. And I said, I think I said, lastly, you may want to reinstall the uh, OS. And I believe that that's not on the mail version in notes, but I believe he did in fact, wind up reinstalling the operating system. Yeah. We,
0: we, what we used to call a maintenance reinstall where you're just yeah. reinstalling it on top of itself. So you're, you're yeah. just putting the files back out there. Um,
1: Putting all the ones and zeros in the right place.
0: Yeah, this seems like a either a, a corrupted cache file or a corrupted preference file. Uh so okay. I I like I, I'm just thinking about like, you know, in the, the the grand scheme of if I were there, what would I do next? Yeah. And I I would I would log my Mac out of iCloud entirely, mm-hmm. not just message because it's messages keeps getting logged out, right? So log messages right. out manually then log my Mac out of iCloud entirely, reboot, log things back in, see if that helps, because that is going to rebuild some preference files and some cache files when you do that. If that doesn't help, um, then maybe, uh, y- like you said, safe mode is great because the process of booting into safe mode also clears out, it runs a lot of the maintenance stuff, which clears out a lot of those you know cache files mm-hmm. and th- that sort of thing. If that doesn't help, Run Onyx's maintenance. Onyx. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. I, like, those would those would be the things I would jump to. Uh, but now,
1: you, when you sign out, it. Am I correct? It's been a while since I've done that. Doesn't it ask you? Do you want to save these things on your computer locally? Do you want to delete them? Generally speaking, would you want to delete them and let iCloud resync them? I mean, making sure you had a good backup first.
0: Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> With that caveat. Yeah, that's fine.
1: Although <laughs> do you feel lucky?
0: It, it will take you longer to do that uh, because the okay. process of deleting things is, is often lengthy when you tell it to do yeah. that, like calendars, especially. Uh, so I, I might skip that. I might tell it, no, just keep the local copies and then it'll remerge them when it comes back. It's going to like, it generally okay. does a pretty good job. Sync is hard. But Apple's gotten way better about it. I mean, if you know, right. I think if we rewind ten years and listen to an episode from ten years ago, you'll hear us ranting about how Apple's sync was not not so good.
1: But the uh, only people that had any idea then, it seems to me, was Dropbox. Yeah. In well, the early days.
0: Yeah, it, because Dropbox was just syncing files. And I don't mean to right. trivialize that, but right. when, when you're syncing things like, you know, individual calendar events and contacts and like those sorts of things, it gets even yeah. trickier. Um, settings. Settings. You
1: can't be bothered on the phone, but you can be bothered on the right. laptop. No, no. Right. I want it across all devices. Right.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just how it goes. Uh all right. Sorab had another question for us in uh, I believe in Discord. And I, I think we're all gonna learn something from this. My guess is you folks are gonna have things to send to us too. Sorab asked, can anyone recommend a product or service that allows me or you to make phone calls from a device that has Wi Fi but does not have a SIM card enabled and therefore no Wi Fi calling? Ideally, something where you can pay once. ...to make the call. He says, I recently ran into an issue with the eSIM uh, pin on my iPhone... ...where I guess I entered the wrong SIM pin too many times... ...and my SIM card got blocked... ...and needed uh, some P-U-K code from AT&T to reset it. They eventually gave it to me, but uh, I it, it was kind of an issue. And Rod in Discord replied with... My first thought was Skype... Because Skype can do this, and you can launch Skype on your phone and you can use Skype calling and pay for minutes and get a phone number and if you want and all of that stuff, right? It it can work great. Um, Rod suggested a service called MySudo, M Y S U D O dot com. And of course, there's a link in uh in the show notes for this. And My it's a pretty cool service in that it um you pay a, a fairly trivial amount. I think it's like ten bucks a year, and it's they they have a lot of different features. There's a free plan where you can get some email addresses from them and um, messaging handles. I'm not sure exactly what that means and private browsers. But then there's the nine ninety nine a year plan, nine dollars and ninety nine cents a year plan, where uh, you get a phone number with thirty minutes a month and a hundred text messages a month. Uh in addition to uh the the other things, and you get three virtual credit cards too that you can use, so you got kind of burner card numbers if if you need to use that, but for ten bucks a year, that's not a bad idea so um i so I'll throw that out there. Kiwi Graham points out that uh skype is uh, if you have uh microsoft three sixty five you get sixty minutes of Skype included per per month which could could be the, the magic answer here. But I think that's only outbound calling. I don't think you get a phone number that you can receive texts or messages to with that. I, I could be wrong, but uh, I think that, that costs a little bit extra with Skype to have an actual inbound phone number we
1: did it, we did it with, with oh, right, I, right. I thought you were talking about with suit my pseudo. Oh, no,
0: but with yeah. my pseudo, it's yeah. part and parcel of this $10 yeah. a year thing, yeah.
1: yeah. So, yeah, you have to pay extra for a Skype phone number. I've done yeah. it before. We
0: did yeah. it, our yeah. our Geek number was oh, a right. Skype number for quite some time 206 666 geek. That's not what it is anymore. Don't, that was through K7, no, that was through oh, K7. So- um, okay. the, the phone number now is two, two, four, eight, eight, eight geek. And you can leave us a message there. That's a Google voice uh-huh. number. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But K K seven, I think K seven still works if you didn't let it expire, which evidently I did. So uh-huh. yeah, that's on me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so my, don't
1: call that poor person and ask him <laughs> I mean, if they're could. geeking out or not. I mean, you
0: could. Uh, yeah. Probably don't though. Just call <laughs> us. It's fine. It's much we better. Won't. Yeah. 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 yeah um so yeah hopefully that helps and and you know this is an interesting thing like my daughter for example google voice would be the other thing to use mm-hmm. i mean here we are like why oh, not yeah. you can get a free google <laughs> voice
1: number and just mentioned it and didn't realize we had
0: yeah you can send and receive texts for free if you need to make a phone call i believe you need to buy minutes i think yeah um but but yeah why not but i don't think you
1: need i don't think you need it to receive
0: that may be true yeah yeah so google voice might be like the top answer here um like my daughter when she moved to italy she did not need her u.s phone service anymore for obvious reasons she has you know service that she pays like you know four euro for hundreds of gigabytes or something (laughs) over there but I was like, wait, wait, we should preserve your phone number in case you get like, you know, two factor text messages to it or whatever. Like you, you, you don't want to yeah. give up this number that you've had for a decade. And so we just ported the number into Google voice. It cost to port a number in costs 20 bucks. Uh, Google voice charges for that. Yeah. But to just get a new number costs nothing. Uh, you just go and sign up for a number, and they'll give you a number. And and I think you can even sort of pick your number. Like we were able to pick one that ended in four three three five, so that we could have it ending in geek. But uh, yeah, Google Voice. But
1: I also presume that she then forwarded that Google Voice number to her cell phone in Italy.
0: No, she didn't bother. No. She oh, no, oh, okay. she just lets right. the voicemail come in. She gets an email about it, obviously.
1: Um, okay. Yeah, but she could have her friends locally could call her still for no charge yeah right no, i mean they no fa- they face
0: timer or whatever
1: um, yeah like so well that's it's, it's true yeah you know what kids kids don't use phones <laughs> no not that way no no <laughs> correct
0: yeah yes kiwi gram okay. i believe google voice is only for the u.s but um but once you have a u.s number you can use it elsewhere so yeah yeah all right uh where are we here maybe we do some uh some cool stuff found pete and, and oh, see where we could we, do that so we wind up i have we have, I have the technology i have one that i'm really stoked about it is from the folks at smart ish and it is the cable wrangler uh which is it. it's i've used things like this and now and now they have the bigger cable wrangler Which is even bigger. What it is, is it is something that sits either on your desk or your bedside table or wherever you might have a slew of cables. And it is like we've talked about things like this before. This one's heavy enough. You don't need to use like sticky pads or anything. It sits there and it is magnetic on the top. And you just drop your cable down onto it and your cable stays there until you grab it so your your cable's not falling down behind the bedside table or behind your desk and you don't have to do that hang under the back from remover you know or maneuver to uh, to get it up back
1: on there or whatever you just at 2:30 in the morning at 2:30 in the morning
0: <laughs> and it comes with a uh a, a couple of these like th- these little clips that you can put with clips magnetic clips that you can put on cables that don't have enough metal to stick to the, you know, to, to, to be magnetically attracted to the, the pad. And, and of course you can get more of them, but it works with most of my cables. I think I had one cable that, um, was, that did not work. And so I put the little, um, the little, you know, magnetic clip on it and it works out great. They also have the, the bigger, uh, cable wrangler is the new thing. They also, uh, have cables, uh, just cables on their own that they call the crown jewel, uh, and they have they come in in a variety of different things. But but there's one that is the crown jewel. It's USB A on one end, and they call it universal on the other. It's USB C, lightning, and micro uh, USB. So this is it's it's super handy. I, I'm I'm a fan of the crown jewel next to my bed. I and and when I travel. I like to have one sort of three in one cable with me because uh, that way I always have the ability to charge that like, oh, I I need to charge this thing that's, you know, micro USB fine. All right. So I have that cable and it's like, great, but I don't have to carry an extra cable. I don't have to have an extra cable by my bed for the, you know, three times a year now that I need to use micro USB or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's nice. So highly recommend, uh, that I've been very happy with it. Checking it out for the last couple of weeks. So nice. Yep. Uh, Pete, I have a, another audio experiment, but it, uh, it, it's, it's in the form of a cool stuff found that listener Aaron sent to us. It is called the ultimate vocal remover. And this is a, um, it's an open source thing. It's available. You download it from GitHub. I believe it's cross-platform for everything. Uh, You know, I I obviously downloaded it for the Mac, and they have separate builds for Apple Silicon versus Intel. They have Linux. Uh, I believe they have a Windows version. Yes. And it is. it takes an audio file, like a a piece of music, and it splits the... uh, it creates two files from that one that only has the instruments and one that only has the vocals and it preserves all the reverb on the vocals and everything. So I, I played with it and here is a sample of basically the same segment of a fling song called botched amalgamations. It's on our new EP called, uh, uncorked. And so I will play the original of this segment. It's, it's, it's got some harmonies. So it's, it's like the, the verse going into the, the final chorus. And then I'll play the two split outs. So let's uh, let's see where we go with this. A All right. So that that's as we mixed it. Here it is with just the instruments. It's amazing. It's like we just muted the vocals. Like, it just yeah. took it out. This took maybe, two, it took two minutes and 18 seconds for this app on my M1 uh, Air to to split this five-minute song apart. And now, okay. here's the vocals.
1: Ooh. Took a look around and would you know she left me in the dust. Ain't, Ain't got, got no, no friends and no, no relations. relations. Like I've been led astray.
0: If you listen deep in the background.
1: I heard Dave singing back there. Oh yeah,
0: you hear Dave singing the harmony. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's Jamie Bradley singing the lead on that one. I was singing the harmony. Um, but if you listen in the background, you will hear, we had a horn section that we that played on this song for us. And you hear the trombone. And it's not surprising that you hear this very faint trombone because the tr- a trombone was built to oh. be, to mimic, you know, to instrumentally very mimic vocal. the human voice. Correct. And, and so it doesn't surprise me that the algorithm doesn't entirely split that out. I mean, it's buried, like you can barely hear it, but it is there and I've done it with other songs since I I created these files where it, uh, you know it, it like the vocals are just alone it's so it's a pretty cool thing thanks for thanks for sharing that Aaron it's free. so my
1: question in recording typically yeah. when you do the master the vo- vocals are on a separate track and the oh, yeah. instrumentals are on a track and in fact some of the instruments are on many different tracks oh but yeah this, this was one track and this software pulled it all apart
0: correct this was the the final mix eye watering yeah i yeah. mean right i happen to have all of the tracks for the, for that particular song yeah. but Uh, yeah, you could do this with any song that you have, you know, a a wave file or an MP3 file or whatever for you just, you know, just put it in. So, yeah, I took the final stereo master, the file that we like was Mm -hmm. done, done, done. And we sent to Apple music and, you know, Spotify and all of those things. That's the file that I just chopped apart because I knew where it was. It was like, what other files do I have? Like, I don't, well, I have that, you know, I I knew I had it because I created it.
1: So so yeah. So I'm pretty, pretty sure cool. we chatted briefly about this. I see two new uses for it. Karaoke is going to be a huge resurgent. Yep. Because now you've got your instrumental and you sing along. And if you put that vocal track in the headset, then someone can use it as a, I guess, a guide or a learning track to yes. sing along. To make sure oh. they sing on key. People like me who don't sing on key all the time. Sure. Pete. Would have a better ability to stay on key when I'm hearing somebody else sing it in my ear. Oh, that's match. fair.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I like it because and there are apps that will do this, too. But I like it because it allows me to hear the vocal melody and the harmonies without the instruments obscuring it. Because a lot of times you will yeah. intentionally, you know, put the harmonies in the background. Right. You, you know, and it's like, well, if I need to learn the harmonies on a particular song and I did like there was um, there was a part I, I didn't play it on this song where Aaron Another person in Fling sang a a thing, and I never quite—I didn't mix that part of the song, so I didn't ever hear his soloed track. And then I did, and it was like, "That's the melody you are singing." Oh, I had no idea. Okay, great. You know, it's like, all right, cool, yeah, because he never sings it live. So I've started singing it, and it's like, oh, I've been doing it wrong, but now I know.
1: So, yeah. uh, so do harmonies come naturally to you, Dave? Can you do that? Or yes. Did, did you work? I mean, well, okay. yeah.
0: they do now. I don't I, yeah, I they, okay. they they didn't always, but um I spent a lot of time in college. I, I actually I went to school for I didn't I never got my degree, by the way. But I went to school for computer engineering and for music. And uh one of the most valuable classes I took was a harmony and theory class. I took several of them, but there was this one and we had a sight singing lab at Ooh. 8 a.m. on the other side of <laughs> campus in the winter semester, right? So, Oof. yeah, so I had to get up at, like, you know, 7.20 so that I could, like, be dressed when I had to walk out the door at 7.30 to make it to this class at 8 o'clock. And then I had to sing for an hour with no accompaniment, right? And and it was all just singing intervals, like, you know, first, third, first, fourth, first, fifth, you know, that kind of thing, and and just learning intervals, And it was at the same time that I was also in a band where I was singing a lot of harmonies. And so having the ability to do that three times a week in a classroom and then, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, three times a week at night on stage with a band having a practical application of it. The combination of those two and maybe some other factors uh, really cemented in my brain how to see harmonies. And so, yes, harmonies since then come fairly naturally to me yeah. but the way that i learn how to find harmonies in a song is i learn the lead vocal part it i i Uh, it's way easier for me to know where to go if i know what i'm singing to right like if i'm uh, it's so yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah because i was i was gonna say i'm always jealous of my sister who just could naturally sing harmonies from yeah. the time she was a little girl. She'd sing the song. Someone said, "Hey, here's what a harmony is," and she listened. And she went, "Oh, I could do that." No, and she kidding. just does it. That's right. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. I have, I have, um, I don't have perfect pitch. Perfect pitch is is where somebody can play a note and you tell them, and you and someone with perfect pitch can say, "Oh, I I know that that's a B flat," and by the way, it's a little sharp. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, like our, our friend Chris Breen has perfect pitch. I am very. in many ways, thankful I don't because it would probably drive me a little bit crazy. Um, (laughs) but I do have, uh, I have developed very good relative pitch, meaning I know when, uh, like if, if if somebody, you know, is, is singing a note, I know where the third is. I know where the fifth is again, probably because of that, that process I went through, but I, I, I am very happy having good relative pitch, um, and yeah. not having perfect pitch. Cause all I need to know is that I'm in tune with the person who's singing or playing. I don't need to know that it is in tune with, you know, a at 440 Hertz.
1: So that makes it sound like you're not off key. If you're all singing together, correct. If someone's a little off key and you're singing it together. It sounds better.
0: And there are certain singers and I will not name names ever, but there's people that I have sung with a lot throughout my life. Yeah. Every, everybody has different tendencies i mean this is not going to be a great surprise right so yeah um there are some folks who will always sing like right on key uh there are some folks who will always sing a little bit flat but not in a bad way there are some folks who will always sing a little bit sharp but not in a bad way and i, I like sometimes yes but whatever uh i've learned that with certain people that i sing with it's like oh i need to sing because i listen to the bass when i'm singing Uh, uh, the root note, like of the chord. And then that's where I see the rest of the harmonies and I know what to do, but I know that if I'm singing with person a, they're going to be 10 cents sharp when they sing this chorus. And so I can't sing to the bass. I need to sing to them and blend (laughs) that vocal and make it sound good. And it's going to be fine. If we're both 10 cents sharp, the harmony fits. Yeah. It's sharp from where the instruments are, but it's okay. Like it's within the range of, of acceptability. And what really is going to sound good is if we are singing together. So, and I'm not perfect no, no. either. In fact, uh, I, that was the third verse into the third chorus from that song that I played. I did not segment out the first verse into the first chorus because the first harmony I sang there, we didn't catch it. I didn't notice it until we did this, but I am super sharp. Like I way overshot that. No, I have no idea how we missed that during the recording process but we very much did so
1: anyway this and is that concludes this episode of the mac gig gab yeah exactly the gig gab. <laughs> no that's Not right mac, Ki- kiwi Graham G- said welcome <laughs> to
0: mac gig gab yeah no that, <laughs> that's five go. minutes of uh of that yeah for sure so <laughs> let's uh let's circle back and do two maybe one maybe two more cool stuff's found the next one comes from listener neil we talked in the last episode about the Kickstarter project that is available for uh, a wallet sized uh, Find My card, if you will. And Neil says, Yuffie has a product called the Smart Track card. For this, you set it up on your iDevice using the Yuffie security app, and then it can be added to Find My as well. And uh, it can also trigger your phone to play a tune, just like, you know, so that you can kind of find it back. Um, he says he has a little trouble with that because every time he sits down with his wallet in his back pocket, uh, the phone thinks that it's being triggered. And so his phone makes a noise, but, uh, but yeah, that's the Yuffie smart track card. And I found it on Amazon. I'll check the price again. Yeah. It's 20 bucks on Amazon, at least as of the day we're recording this 1999, even so not a, uh, not a bad little, not a bad that's little, little deal. Yeah.
1: yeah. Awesome. That, yeah. that is awesome because that's cheaper than a- than an airtake. That's
0: fair. And, That's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And but I had the same problem with my tile though. I would always yes. trigger my phone with yes. my tile, my flat tile.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the flat, right, the flat tile. Yeah. And then um we've had this this what will be the final cool stuff found around for a while. Um it it is something that we mentioned in 859, but listener Joe brought it back. And it is a piece of software for our Macs called Al Dente. And it is built for advanced or enhanced battery management uh, on our Macs. It's the charge. They call it the all-in-one charge limiter app for MacBooks. And it will stop your Mac from charging at different points just to keep your um, to keep your your battery sort of conditioned. I am not sure. I, I don't leave my. Laptop plugged in all the time these days, like I have. So I don't know how necessary this is. Certainly in the old days, something like this was absolutely necessary. Apple's battery technology, the physical technology has gotten better. The software that's in Mac OS has also gotten better. But there are a lot of folks out there, including listener Joe, who swear by using this app. And uh, I certainly have tried it. I don't think it's going to do anything bad for your Mac. So uh, like if you are someone who winds up plugging your Mac laptop in more often than not, then uh, then this might be a um, this might, might be a good thing to have. I'm looking at what, what Joe said. He says, we know that Apple's tech in this regard is, is lacking. Um, And he says, you can drag a slider to adjust the battery state of charge. It also has a button to quickly top the battery up when you know you will be taking it off the charger. There are all kinds of mm-hmm. settings. But the last mm-hmm. one he wants to mention is the task of calibrating the battery, and he runs that monthly. So uh, so there you go. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: So, um, uh, can you see the price on that, Dave? Because there's a free and a pro version.
0: Yeah, good question. Uh, I don't see. Uh, uh, oh, there is a... Yeah, so free has the charge limiter and a discharge... And then for ten dollars fifty nine cents, which it says is a subscription license, so maybe that's annually. So it's uh, yeah, ten yeah. fifty nine a year, or twenty two twenty nine lifetime. Uh, you get to do all the other things, which include automatic discharge, heat protection. Um, you can control the MagSafe LED. Oh, well, that might cool. be worth the price of admission alone <laughs> if you're in your bedroom, right? You yeah. know, like you don't want that bright light on, huh? Okay. Uh, there's shortcut support, calibration mode, live status icons, and email support. So, yeah. So, so if you're going to use this, it, the, the the either the subscription or the lifetime license is short money. So, yeah. Good question, Pete. Thank you for uh, for yeah. bringing us there. Yeah, man. And that does bring us to where we need to finally end things. Why is to
1: be for this week?
0: Yeah, yeah. What's going on here? Why is? Uh oh. It's weird. The is music
1: the band on strike.
0: Yeah, they. Uh, there that's, they come. Yeah, they, maybe maybe I was singing out of tune too much. <laughs>
1: right, we're not playing. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe right. you stri- maybe you stripped the band out of the vocal track. Maybe here. maybe know. it was just the vocal track of the <laughs>
0: instrumental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Is, do I have? Uh, no, I don't have that that thing on there because there are plugins and stuff that will do this. Oh, so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us again, as always, folks. We love that we get to do this, and it really means a lot to us. So, yeah,
1: absolutely, fun having the ball. And fun can stuff. I say a personal point of privilege? Yeah, thank man. you for all the nice comments from all the listeners. I've gotten a bunch of comments this week people are glad I'm here and doing the show with you, and uh, it warms yeah. my heart. And I'm thrilled to do it. So, thank awesome. you, everyone.
0: Amen. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, you, yeah, you, uh, you know, I, it, it, your, your role on this show. It, the the mo- your most important role on this show is exactly what you just it, it was exemplified by what you just did. while we were talking about al dente, where you asked about the price. It, you, you playing and representing the listener uh, to make sure that the things that that we might miss, and of course, you know, we do this for each other for sure. But you really brought that to this show when you when you first joined. Was that that concept of hey, wait, wait, wait. Uh, you just glossed over something real fast. What's that again? You know, explain that a better way. And uh, wow. I, and I I I I know everyone appreciates it as much as I do. I, and and I also know that you, uh, especially over time, we always say you know you don't have to be a geek to listen, but if you listen long enough, you will become one. And I think you also exemplify that too.
1: <laughs> so, which is a great. Now thing. I are one. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's a great thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: So. so. Yeah, you know, it's it's been an, it's been a fun ride, and I hope to keep riding for yeah. quite a while.
0: Keep riding, we eighteen years now, right? Now we're we're right. into our nineteenth year. This is the first episode of our nineteenth year. So, uh, so yeah,
1: the show is old enough to vote.
0: It is old enough to vote. I wonder what it cares about. What the? What are the important issues? I'm thinking maybe back that... America
1: great Britain again. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm thinking that might be a good discussion to have at Max Stock. Now that the show's mm-hmm. old enough to vote, what are the yeah. issues t- the tech issues that are important Oh, there you to go.
1: Us? Tech issues, not political.
0: Right. We don't we don't we, we avoid politics. Got to be apolitical. Here. Yeah, we are a apolitical. I am always thinking about uh, Lowell George's famous song A A Political Blues, which is a great tune. And if you want to really nerd out because we already did the nerding on music thing, um, the, the that song has two grooves going simultaneously. It's like this bump, mm. like this bump and grind kind of blues thing, and then there's mm. a half time and a double time groove going on at the same time. It's it's brilliant. If you don't oh, hear slick. it. It's just a great song. It's just a great <clears throat> song. But uh, you can dig in. So we have cookies, Tia and Papa. Absolutely. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for uh, yeah, sending in all of your stuff. Thanks for listening. If you aren't subscribed, please subscribe. That way you'll get the new ones. And if you aren't subscribed to our email, which you can do at MacGeekCab.com, go do that, too, because that way you get the show notes with all the links to all the things that we mention and some notes and tips and stuff right there in the show notes. They are sent every single week. We are happy to be able to do that, and we're happy to have you. So, yeah, thanks Good. for hanging out. Thanks to our sponsors. Of course, PIAVPN.com slash MGG. And Collide.com slash MGG. Of course, you can see all the current sponsors at com slash sponsors. But you also get any deals that have ever been uh, available to you, even if the people aren't sponsors anymore. We keep those alive so that you get the discount. Pete, I've been all day. I've been here looking at your shirt. And, you know, it inspires me because I, I sure. think I think it's important that, that we... We share like we share a lot of specific sort of nitpicky advice and answers on this. But if you were to have sort of one piece, perhaps the very best piece of general advice that one human could give to another, what would that be?
1: Well, fortunately, I don't have my camera in mirror mode, so I'm not trying to read backwards. I can see it right on my own monitor. The front of my shirt has that advice for the world to see. So until next week, everybody, don't get caught. Later.